1: Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad 630 Ched and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office equipment solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Ched.
0: Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stafford joining you along with uh, Brendan Escott. Scott. It's 105 in Edmonton, We're working of a home office today and for the foreseeable future. The second hour of orders now is brought to you by Digitex. They wish you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. In this hour, uh, we will hear from a man who's got a new book out called Undrafted, longtime NHL player and uh, one of the best analysts in the business. Nick Kiprios will join us. We'll also hear uh, from inside sports, Reid Wilkins, and getting a bit of an inside look at uh, the red-white game over the last couple games. Longtime play-by-play voice. Of the Red Deer Rebels, Cam Moon, who about 25 years ago used to actually do some uh, broadcast work for TSN. He called the two red-white games this weekend uh, with the World Juniors. So we've got them coming up. We're going to head off right now to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. We welcome to the show Nick Kiprios. Nick, it's Bob. How are you doing? I'm well, Bob. How are you? Good, good. Hey, we got to do it because you opened up the proverbial Pandora's box with a tweet today on uh, just before we get to the book. Uh, you put a tweet today basically say, saying that uh, the two sides, the NHL and the NHLPA, after maybe not having the type of meeting, I think, that the players were thinking they were going to have uh, late last week or phone conversations with the NHLPA, did not talk over the course of the weekend. What do you think that means, Nick?
1: Well, that's probably, uh, I hear, the first time that they haven't had daily conversations in over a month. And we know they're still on the clock to get as many games as they hope to get in for next season. But if you read the tea leaves, if you've watched um, past um, examples, I would think that not talking over the weekend doesn't bode well for future talks in terms of making significant gains I'm still starting a season January first.
0: Yeah, it's uh, you know you gotta kind of I don't know it's gonna be a tricky one, Nick. And I always find this a little bit challenging because full disclosure, I work for the Oilers Entertainment Group, right? Like I work for the club. It's, yeah. And I can and and so I'm sitting here and I have tremendous amount of respect for the players and the position that they're in, but I also think that you know what if you own something you should have a right to make a little something off of it. And we're in really challenging times, so this is going to be tricky. Who do yeah. you think? No, you think? listen. Go for it.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm in a similar boat, you know, just in terms of, no, I don't work for MLSC or, you know, uh, the Edmonton Group or MSG. But there's not a person alive that doesn't love the game that wants it back as quickly right. as possible and as, and as healthy as possible. And I've got a podcast show that I run now on a YouTube channel called Real Kipper at Noon. I need the game going again. I want the game going. Nobody wants to to hear about uh, millionaire and billionaire fans fighting, especially this time, you know, through a pandemic. But it is what it is, and we still got to do our jobs at least to 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 report about it, to talk about it. But you know, people at home are, are rolling their eyes right now, but it's not uncommon for them to roll their eyes since two thousand and four. So unfortunately, you know, this is this is part of it and we're we're gonna have to keep an eye on it, uh, you know, and, and see where it goes
0: uh i remember i did Corey cross's games at the university of alberta in the late 1980s early 90s and i'm the same age as Corey. roughly nick i'm the same age as you and i remember seeing Corey after the 0405 lockout he used to say to me stop i'd hear your show and there were days I thought you might have been one of the investors in the Edmonton Investors Group. <laughs> and I, I remember saying to Corey, I go, hey, man, I try to play it as neutrally as possible, but, you know, we needed hey, a salary cap. So, food uh, on the table, too. We need food
1: on the table for our family. So I get all of that. What's interesting from here on end, Bob, is – you know, where, where the perception is publicly, because, um, you know, I caught a little bit of John Shannon, good friend and uh, a guy that I have a ton of respect for. And he said, we've kind of been down this road before, but I, I tend to disagree with John a little bit on that because I do believe that this is unique and this is unprecedented in terms of how we came to this spot. You can say whatever you want, whether or not, you know, uh, uh, how you felt on any lock light, uh, lockout in the past, but with no, with no future CBA, that was a fair fight, albeit at times a dirty fight, you know, from, from both right. sides with, with a lot of threats. This is different. This is, this has come out of the blue. This is something that four months ago, everybody was patting each other on the back and saying how great and how how solid and how united the players and the owners are to get through this in the bubble and everything was looking great, Bob. And then out of the blue, you know, to use a a golfer's term, you know, Gary Bettman's on the tee box and he shakes one in the woods and says, that one doesn't count. I want a mulligan. And that's okay if everybody says, yeah, it's a, a mulligan, but chances are, If you've got money on the game, Gary, you're you're not getting a mulligan here. So all the players are are asking right now is why does Gary think he gets a mulligan on an agreement that we had four months ago? And the perception early on here is, well, it's it's worse than we thought it was going to be. And the players are sitting there going, no, it's not any worse because we, we talked about the scenarios and we talked about a third, a third, a third, meaning that we were going to come back in January and there was going to be no people in the building. And then we hope by the midpoint we get a third of the fans in. And then, you know, on a perfect wish list, by, by next June, we, we get our fans back. And where does, who did the pro- projections from the NHL now? to suggest that it's it's worse than we thought four months ago i i don't i don't get that and the players don't understand it either
0: well i think you've done a great job equivocating sort of you know how maybe the players would feel on that uh, issue all right i want to switch focus you've got a book out it's called undrafted yeah. hockey family and what it takes to be a pro and we uh, we have al may on the show probably uh once every two weeks and I, you know i you know i kind of grew up Playing at kind of the same level and always had tremendous respect for guys that wheeled their way to the NHL. Because yeah. frankly, frankly, Nick, I lack the speed, talent, agility, coordination, toughness, character, and discipline to have played major <laughs> junior, let alone, let, let alone the NHL. So I kind of like, you know, you had a longer career than Al. Obviously you guys have had, you know, you've had the broadcasting side too. But is it fair to say you kind of wheeled your way, and is that what we're going to find out in the book Undrafted? that there's a lot of things that went right for you, but a lot of this was about personal drive?
1: Yeah, no question about that. And for the record, I'm a huge Allen May fan, and I told him I, I I can't wait to to read his book as well. But similar scenarios, uh, Bob, and that's ultimately just finding a, a different way to the same destination. And we all wish we were Connor McDavid's, the best player on every team that you've been on since the first time you put on skates. But that's just not the case. So I hope it's inspiring to anyone that that says. It, don't don't feel bad when you fall down. You just get up and you find a different road um, to that same promised land that you try to get to. And that's what I think the book is all about. I got to be honest, you know, being a part of the NHL alumni, constantly hearing tough stories. And I know there's a book out there for Joe Murphy now and, uh, you know, near and dear to Edmonton Oilers fans uh, as well. And um, I, I just hope that, you know, this book finds a way to inspire um, to, to suggest that, you know, when, when things don't go your way, when, when you think you're a little bit down and out or you've taken a, a step or two back, uh, in the grand scheme of things, it should be to move two or three steps forward. And, and I hope that's what uh, readers uh, will get out of uh, my book Undrafted, the most, that there's, there's different ways to get there. You just got to gotta stick with it.
0: You had 152 goals in your final three years in junior. Like that's 50 a year. Were you were you surprised that the 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 options were maybe as I mean that you weren't drafted when you put up those kind of numbers? Well, you know, to be fair, um,
1: it was after my first year of eligibility uh, off a 12 goal season, and by then, Bob, I got invited and in P- PTOS. It was a uh, it was a uh, an invite out of the Philadelphia Flyers. We know them as PTOs today. They were very rare back then. If you weren't good enough to be drafted, uh, then they really kind of thought that you just didn't have any chance of being a professional hockey player. But Bob Clark called me, you know, one sunny day in uh, the end of June and invited me and said that – uh they were thinking about drafting me but they they felt if i sl- if i slid through that they'd, they'd go with the uh, invitation and then out of that training camp i did sign a professional contract with the flyers which made me ineligible after those big junior scoring right. years so in saying that um i i don't know how it would have turned out if i didn't get invited or or even if i would have had a chance to to play pro uh but back then you know, once you got passed over by the NHL draft early in your career, very rarely were you were you still considered a pro prospect.
0: It's interesting. I mean, you take a look at the penalty minute totals. You fought a lot. Uh, sometimes, you know, when you're Dave Brown and you're six foot five and left handed. A lot of guys don't want to fight you when you're trying to establish yourself. You have to take a lot of fights during the time that you played. Were Were there guys you know you knew you you had to protect yourself because that guy could you know that like, I mean Dave Brown was left-handed and could throw oh. from downtown. He could just he'd destroy. I, mean, I remember bouncing Cam Russell's head off the ice in uh, 1990 yeah. in Chicago. I mean he he was an absolute Bad. killer. But were there guys like that besides Brownie that scared you constantly? constantly uh dave manson
1: uh his eyes his eyes went back like slot machines on some nights and i'm like i gotta avoid him you know i, I ended fighting chris simon in in one fight in msg but i you know you're always scared when you drop the gloves that it it, it could end the way it ended with me with ryan bandon bush right um but you know, I, I did what I thought I needed to do to hang in there, Bob, to stay in the game, to make a career out of it, to fulfill my dream of being on a on a on a, a peachy hockey card, you know. And uh, I wanted to hang in there, and it didn't really matter to me if I scored 50 goals or not. I mean, it would have been nice, and it would align my pocketbook a lot better. But the most important thing was having coaches and general managers at the NHL level saying, hey, he's got something to offer, he gets to stick around. That, to me, was was my number one priority, and I was able to fulfill that for, for almost nine years.
0: We're joined by Nick Hipprios. The book is called Undrafted Bob Stoffer with the winners now. Nick, uh, then I was up in Prince George in 1993-94 at my summer job as an Edmonton kid cheering for the New York Rangers, which didn't make me very popular with all the folks cheering for the Canucks in that Stanley Cup final that year. What was it like to be a part of Mark, and it was Mark Messier's team in 93-94? You got, you ended up with the Rangers during the course last season. Uh, what was it like to be a part of that organization at that time?
1: Yeah, it was a huge thrill, and I came back. I, I I'd left the Hartford Whalers, um, and and probably on average six thousand fans. By then, they were so ticked off for trading Ron Francis and Elf Samuelson and all these popular players that it almost felt like I went from uh, the minors to the major leagues. And we know there's no bigger stage than New York, and you know, getting right away establishing. Um, you know, a relationship with Mark Messier and finding out uh, so much about him. I had never met him before. And just, you know, he's a very methodical guy. Everything he does and says um, is around, you know, uh, bringing people together and ultimately bringing, you know, a trust level to a team and, and watching it, you know, firsthand, right in front of your eyes, uh, watching – You know, Mark kind of bring the team together and taking a talent like Brian Leach and uh, taking him to the next level and and Mike Richter. It was it was incredible to watch. And you get to win a championship on an original six team, especially one that hadn't won in 54 years. um, then. Maybe there's even a book to be written about that, you know, from a fourth-line slug.
0: (laughs) Well, you have several chapters in the book uh, sort of about your time uh, in the media and and how that role has changed. In fact, one of the chapters is called Changing Media. What was the thing that surprised you the most when you transitioned out of being a player and uh, becoming a broadcaster?
1: Uh, just just the work that it takes on a daily basis and having a full appreciation and I don't think uh, to this day that you know players still have an appreciation for for that that, that, that world, the media world and, and what it takes and you know they don't they probably just don't think about it all that much uh but to get into it and to watch you know either people at in print or in radio or in tv and those were the three elements there we didn't even have much internet you know in 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 the late 90s uh just an appreciation for the work ethic and 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 the level and commitment it takes to hit deadlines and how long you wait for a player to get come out of the shower and you you've got a life too Uh, but yet you're at the mercy sometimes of of, of players and and people in the game uh, to hit deadlines. But it it was something that I was committed to right away. It didn't go smoothly, Bob, at the beginning. I struggled. I got fired my first year. And to get a second chance, and uh, that second chance led to uh, a panel seat uh, in the Vancouver Olympic Games with Bob McKenzie and James Duffy and Darren Pang. Uh, right to Hockey Night in Canada in, in 20 years. Um, I couldn't be uh, more grateful for that
0: yeah the the one lesson is it doesn't matter what you're doing in life the best people the most successful people they're grinders i mean that's it we, we sit there and look at the physical freaks of the world and you know uh calvin johnson as an example in the nfl the detroit lions you know we six foot five receiver that can run a you know four 440 and we look at connor mcdavid and i'm I'm going to ask you a bit about connor here because you've you know you've grown up around the game you've what you're you're 54 now um and I don't think people respect just how much work Connor actually puts in, uh, and obviously Gary Roberts has helped be a driver for him. But on Connor specifically, have we seen a player that fast, that skilled, in, in, in uh, during your time, Nick? No, no, not even, not even close. And you know, with all due
1: respect to my era, with you know the Gretzky's and the uh, Lemieuxs and the Mark Messiers and the Paul Coffee. Uh, this guy's got a, a, a third and fourth gear that we've we've never seen before, and you know at times I've gone on public record and say yeah, he's too fast. <laughs> I mean, you know you get you get uh, a 2020 Ferrari on a 1954 racetrack, um, it, it could get ugly, you know at times. But I think he's gotten smarter since his uh, major injury. Uh, I think he's picks it, he's, gonna, he's had the ability to pick his spots a little better in terms of when to go into that third or fourth gear. And he is a student. Uh, not many superstars, you know, uh, can fall into that category. And that truly puts them amongst the best players in our game in history. But the true ones that have that talent level and, and live and breathe it and are students and, and, and act like a sponge constantly absorbing they're the ones that get to be remembered as the greatest of all time so that's where Connor mcdavid's heading
0: final question for you nick again the book is called undrafted it's available at your chapters and your indigos uh, out there and you can order it online uh hey if we ended up playing and i think we will play and maybe it'll only be a 48 game skin, how stoked would you be for an all canadian division
1: yeah uh, there's no question that it's coming And, you know, the the hope is that the vaccine is well in place by May and June. And by the time you're in a semifinal, uh, there'd be no issues with a Canadian team crossing the border. So that's that's the hope for for all of us. But, yeah, as far as uh, television goes, I'm sure a lot of my my old friends at Sportsnet would have no problem uh, covering an all Canadian matchup for three or four months
0: nick we appreciate your time best of luck with the bucket we'll touch,
1: Bob, touch yeah just just one plug the one thing i wanted to do when i shut down from sportsnet try try, try my luck at uh something outside of the game of hockey so i did a, a a beverage it's called little buddha cocktail it's a pineapple vodka and i did it in ontario and it was so successful that people wanted me to bring it out to alberta so Uh, Take a look for it. You know, I think we've got it in in places around Edmonton, uh, Gibson's Liquor Store, I think on 50 Avenue's got it. It's in Calgary and a few places in between. So our first launch of Little Buddha Cocktail is in Alberta, my friend.
0: Right now, we could use a little bit of that. (laughs) Take care, Nick. We'll do it again, okay? Thanks Thanks for your time. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for your time. That is Nick Kiprios, the book again, undrafted hockey family and what it takes to be a pro. When we come back for Greta Barr, what is Now Trivia. Hi, this is Leon Dreisettle from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It is 126 in Edmonton. Again, we had Nick Kiprios on the show. The buck is undrafted. We've already banged through the Oilers' prospect report at this time. We are going to open up the River Cree Resort Casino hotline at 780 Time for Oilers Now Trivia, brought to you by Greta Global Street Food. Greta Bar, eat, drink, and play, Brendan Scott, what are we playing for? $50 in gaming credit to the arcade-style games. They've got line in the walls there at Greta. Here we go. We've talked a bit about it, so it's kind of an easy one. The Heritage Classic, November twenty-second, two 2003. Which Oilers defenseman? had a three-point performance in the Oilers' 4-3 loss to Montreal. Again, which Oilers defenseman picked up a goal and two assists, three-point performance in the Oilers' hard-fought 4-3 loss to the Montreal Canadiens? Canadians built up a 3-1 lead in that game. Um, two of the Oilers' three goals were scored by defenseman Jared Stoll had a goal and assist in that game. Eric Brewer scored a goal in that game. Eric Brewer is not the right answer. Another defenseman picked up a goal and two assists again uh, for the fifty-dollar gaming credit at Greta Bar, going back to November twenty-second, two thousand and three. At this time, do want to mention to you, out at Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin, they're looking for trades. The Ford Motor Company will give you a trade-in bonus of up to $2,500 for a 2016 model or older. And the team at Brent Ridge Ford is keeping you safe. That's their top priority. They're complying with all AHF's safety protocols. So go out there and see Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at your Ford truck authority on the auto mile in Wetaskiwin. Again, uh, you can text us at any time on our Ashley fine floors text line 780 You cannot win via text. You have to call in to win. It's actually a really easy one. Did not go, uh, did not go down. Just so you know, didn't go down a super tough path. I think it was a pretty easy question. Um, uh, cheers from jr texas show to say hey bob i just got a 1991 nick kiprios rookie card for a dollar 99 on ebay no way really there you go uh there you have it keep bringing us at any time seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. 63 bob i went to the heritage classic in winnipeg uh, forgot the earth my high school sweetheart I think it was minus 30. Oh, no, no. He's saying I went to – I was asking which of the Eskimo – then the Eskimo playoff games. We got a new naming uh, taking place with the EE football team. Uh, The one against Winnipeg, forget the year with my high school sweetheart. I think it was about minus 30. We were okay. Had ski suits and blankets on from Brian. Yeah, I think that was 1981. Pretty sure it was – now I'm thinking it might have been 82. You know what? Somebody help me out here. Somebody that really knows the CFL. Was it 82 or 81 that the Eskimos played super, super cold uh, game back in the game? Brendan, I'm going to assume we've got a winner at this stage. We'll discuss that when we come back. Uh, Reed Wilkins, Cam Moon still to come on Oilers Now. Off to Global News, Weather Traffic Update, Eileen Bell.
1: Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.